Lord, we come before you this afternoon to petition your court, the highest court in the universe. Thank you, Lord. So we ask you to help us to arrest our intellect for your Holy Spirit to flow through our minds as well as our hearts. Lord Jesus, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the reconciled church. Resurrect our dead spirits to come alive to the work of your Spirit here in this tabernacle and in every individual temple that is present. Holy Spirit, revive us once again. Restore us back to our Heavenly Father so that the joy of our salvation will return. And then we will shout the praise and glory to your wonder-working names. Father, we are open, hearts open, eyes open, ears are open to hear from heaven today. This is a time, this is a time that we need to hear more than any other time in our lives. So we don't come to play games. We're not coming here to have church as usual, but we're coming to have an, an experience and a revelation in who Jesus is in our lives. So Father, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In behalf of uh, Black History Month, let me make my little small contribution, some historical data, data about the song, We Shall Overcome. Everybody's familiar with that song, right? We Shall Overcome. Let me tell you, the original title is, I Shall Overcome. And this was written by Charles Tinley, a black man who wrote this song seeking freedom for his soul. Isn't that interesting? And that's been many moons ago when he wrote this song. But he was seeking freedom for his soul from the Lord, and, 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 you know, and they just used it and then put the, the, the pronouns in there, we, as a, um, a black march for, for freedom. But the reason why I felt that this was so interesting, because when I found out about this is that we can only be as free as our souls are. You can march to your complexion change. <laughs> you can do all of those things, but man doesn't determine your freedom. Jesus does. And as you can be as free as you can comprehend and receive. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. Uh, the title of um, today's message is the church need a heart transplant and so we're in Philippians 3 and I've and I was only uh, able to uh, read three verses and it goes as finally my brethren rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you to me indeed is not grievous or tedious but for you it is safe Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, uh, mutilation is another word for that. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit 
and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, in the King James book, the word spirit is in a small s, but it really means the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we're not talking about any old kind of spirit. Now, let, oh, let's go back to verse one. <laughs> he says, finally, my brethren, and, and that word finally means that you're transitionally the stuff that Paul is saying. I talked to you in the previous chapters and you're correlating it with what I'm telling you now because he's repeating basically what he had already spoken. And, 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 and I know we, we frown on, oh, I've heard that message before. Okay, I'm going to come back to that. Finally, my brother, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not tedious, but for you, it is safe. So to keep saying the same things, rejoice in it. I don't find it a problem at all. And it's safe for you. Because you got to remember whatever is being preached and spoken, the word is a two-edged sword. And it's working both ways. Okay? So, okay, let's go. The Lord will have his word repeated over and over again. Because he wants the word to be in our hearts and not head knowledge only. Okay? Once it enter in the heart, we will begin to live it out. As long as it's just in the head, you don't walk in that because it hasn't been processed. It's just some knowledge that you have. But when knowledge turns into wisdom, that's because you put some action to it. Amen. Okay? And, and so when it gets into the heart, we will begin to live it out and not just rejoice over it. Okay, go over to Mark four and you and so we can talk about what I mean when I say and not just rejoice over it, which is what we're really good at doing. And especially as uh, our particular nationality, we do know how to rejoice, right? <laughs> okay, and Mark four, beginning with verse 11. And we know that this is Jesus speaking. And he said unto them, after he had first given the parable about the sword that sows the seed, and we need to know that the seed is the word. The sower is the Lord. And the ground that is being sown into is people's hearts, and especially believers' hearts. The seed is the word. And the sower is the Lord. And the heart of man is the ground that he sows the seed into. So when he gave that first parable, they didn't have a clue about what he was talking about. And this is why in verse 11, he says unto them, unto you, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. He is talking to believers. Unto you, it is, is given for you to know the mystery. What is the, the mystery? The mystery is the hidden secrets of his word, which is called revelation. And when you really get into his word with a desire to know, he opens up that revelation to you 
for you to understand. So it's given for you to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? How to have peace, joy, and righteousness. How to have peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So it's given to us to know that. But unto them that are without, to them who are not saved, all these things are done in a parable because since they don't know me and they're not in me, when they hear the parables, it just goes right over their heads. They cannot understand the parables because they are outside of the premises, okay? He says that seeing they may see and not perceive. Even though they see the word, they can perceive the word. Hearing they can, they may hear, but do not understand because it's only going in here, but it is not going into the heart for them to have a true understanding. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. So how are you able to receive the word and understand it? Because you're saved. Anyone that reads the Bible, I don't care how many degrees you have behind your name, if you're not saved, you don't have a clue of what the Bible is saying. You only process what your intellect will allow you to process. That's what you understand, and that's what you go about trying to do or disqualify, which is how we come up with all the different religious cults and occults. Because they did not get an understanding through salvation, but only through their intellect. So he goes into 13 and he says, and he said unto them, know ye not this parable? You don't know what I just spoken to you, believer. <laughs> How then will you know all parables? Because if you don't understand this particular parable, you won't understand none of the word. Why? Because if you have not have your heart conditioned by me forgiving your sins, cleansing you from it, and producing all righteousness in you, then you can understand the other unfolded mysteries that are in my word. But if you have the foundation of that, then you can understand this parable, then you will understand everything in the Bible, because with the Bible, God is sowing in mysteries and revelation for you to have and to unfold. And the greatest one is that he who allowed me to sow my seed in your heart and you can receive it and walk in it, too much is given. Okay? So he says, know ye not this parable? How then will you know all parables? Because he's going to talk like in a way that is coded, but is open for whosoever will that will come and have ears to hear and a heart to receive. So then he begins to talk about the sower who soweth the word. In the 15 he says, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and take away that word that was sown in their hearts because their hearts is so hard with the mess that Satan have sown in it that when the real word come, it can't go down because the ground is hard. Okay? And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. That's what I was talking about in the scripture. That is in your head and it is not in your heart. 
and you, when you hear it, you're just rejoicing because it sounds good, but you have your heart is, is so stony, it can't be produced down in it. Now, why is your heart stony? Because it's been wounded, it's been hurt, and you haven't been able to get over it? Because you're, you're, you're holding on to those wounds and you're still dressing them. You're, every day you're putting on a, a new bandage as you rehearse the damage that was done. And so it's, it's, it's stony. It's not as hard as one that has not been processed at all, but it's too hard for the key ingredient, ingredient to get down in it because you're still walking in unforgiveness. Now, unforgiveness does not mean forgetting. Because, see, we think because you don't remember it, well, I have forgiven. But because you do remember, you, you haven't forgiven. That's not true. Because if the person that you have chosen to forgive is still operating, doing the same thing, and still doing the same dumb stuff, are you going to subject yourself to that person by forgetting and just going around them and just letting them continue to keep doing the same thing to you? So you can forgive and not forget so that you can protect your sphere of influence, but you don't hold any grudges any longer against the person because you've given them to the Lord and now you're praying for them. But in the meantime, until I see that you have changed according to what you say, you cannot be part of my presence. I'm not having anything to do with you. I love you from a distance. When you get right, we can fellowship. But until then, all glory belongs to God as I pray and lift you up in the name of Jesus Christ. But if that person's changed and you've forgiven him, then life goes on. Amen. Amen. So verse 17 says, and had... And have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time afterwards. When affliction or persecution come, okay, so when, when there's a cause for you to stumble, occur again, and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. That is that still that one that shout and rejoice when they get the word, but that stony heart don't allow that word to get in. And so the moment anything comes up, any little thing comes up, Amen. okay, they're afflicted and wounded again. They're gossiping about what was done to them with a co-partner who lives in offended land because that's where they get, they get off on just having that kind of conversation and you don't even realize it because you're too wounded to think outside of the box because if you did, you would be selected about who and what you share. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Go to the one who have offended you and let them know how you feel because maybe you were offended by someone who wasn't even trying to offend you and really wasn't even thinking about you. But it's how you process it. You see, this is why we suffer unnecessary. And even if they did intend to offend you, if you communicate to them and talk about it, 
then that gives them the opportunity to repent and change. They have a right to repent and change just like you do. Now, if they don't want to, okay, I choose to forgive you. I'm through with it. And so God be with you. Okay. Then 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world are and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in choke enter and choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. So this is the person whose heart is caught up in the world system and, uh, and the riches and the lustfulness of life. Now, when I say the lustfulness of life, the first thing people talk about is sex. Uh-uh, I'm not talking about that. There's so many other lustful things that pull you away from being able to hear what the Lord is saying. Whatever you crave for the most, whatever you covered the most. So it can be money. It can be stuff. It can be people. Okay. It's it's, it's not just sex. There's, There's a laundry list of things that are so more important to you that takes up your thought pattern so that you cannot focus on the word. Therefore, when something comes, like something enters in from life dealing out bad cards, then because you filled it up with that stuff, the word of God never comes up to fight that battle. Are y'all understanding where I'm coming from? Okay. So if all I can think about is my lustful, lascivious yearnings, and feelings, because everything is about me, then when I am attacked emotionally, physically, or spiritually, I only think of those things as what can I do or have that's going to make me feel better. Okay, now y'all understand these people who go out shopping all the time, looking looking for a sale. Well... My 90-something-year-old, I don't know how far her 90 she is now. She told me when I was a, when I was a, uh, uh, a teenager, and I've never forgotten it, that something can be on sale, but if you don't have a need for it, it's not a sale. You bought it because it said it was marked down. Oh, did you see they marked that down to such and such? Do you need it? If you don't need it, you didn't get a sale. You got caught in the web. If this is something that you actually need and it was on sale, that's a bargain. Okay? So you caught up with lust of stuff because you think that's going to ease how you feel dealing with an emotional issue. You get a charge just walking into the store. And you, you know, you went in there maybe for something that you actually needed as you go all through the store looking to see what good bargain you can get. He says, and you come out with far more than what you went in there for. And you know, you have people around in there say, uh, are, uh, are you finding what you need? And I usually say, more than what I need. 
not even what I came in here for. I haven't even picked up what I came in here for yet. With a basket full of other stuff. Okay, that's lust. And therefore, when something comes up and you need to be able to speak God's word, it, it doesn't register because it's not in your heart. It's not in your heart. So it would not be natural for you to just automatically speak the word. I'm going to tell you something else. Because this is a major thing, especially among us believers. When we have some kind of an ache or pain, and, and it seems to be kind of on a regular basis, and, we, and, 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 and when it pops up or when it becomes even worse or feels worse, because we have not known how to get into God's word and find out what is the ingredient that I need to digest that can help me rise above this, Amen. okay? Because let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to eat Amen. and not what you're craving. Because what you need to understand is if you are craving for a certain flavor, ask God, what is it that I need? Okay, because you could be craving something fruity and because your lust is candy, you'll go get you some fruity candy. But ask God, what is it that my body is speaking to me now? And the Holy Spirit will tell you, you need to eat an orange or you need to eat an apple. Okay, so but when you are accustomed just feeding your desires and, 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 and not your need, then you can't hear the Holy Ghost telling you anything. You don't want to hear it Amen. because, what, because what, Amen. He, what he will do sometimes Amen. is put somebody in your presence that say, you know, what you really need to do, what you really need to eat, and you're like, that's all you know. Or, I'm not as spiritual as you are. Well, okay, you know what? I'm going to stop saying, that's not, yeah, you're right. Because I practice at it. I'm not that because I am. I'm that because I practice and work at it. And every time a bad feeling come up, I start asking God. And then I begin to pray scriptures over it because I don't want to receive it. I don't want to decline in what I'm sensing and what I'm feeling. Because your mind can do a thing on you and it can work against your body. That's the whole intent. That's why it can't be head knowledge. It has to be heart knowledge because the head is part of your soul. Your soul is what's broken. Your soul is what's bound. Your soul is where the strongholds are. And so I have to talk to my head from my heart and tell it, I'm not accepting this. This is not from the Lord. This is something I either have done wrong or not doing right. I need to have a better understanding. So you begin to ask God, what is it that I need to do in the natural to conquer this thing as well as begin to speak the word? When I speak the word over it, it's not like I'm speaking something that's magical that's going to change it. The word is a two-edged sword. And so when I speak the word over it, the word is cutting me and working on the issue all at the same time. The word is changing my view about it as he heals it. Because if he heals it, and I still have the same mindset. 
something else is going to pop up. This is why we have to have the word in us. Now, and I keep saying, if you're having problems with your sight where you can't really read, they got this little Bible thing that I ordered that you can listen to, hear it, and you can, and you can choose what you want to hear. So you can hear the same thing over and over and over again. This is why he wants the word to be repeated over and over and over again because faith cometh, 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 not come. It's coming, constantly coming. Amen. And now let's read about the good heart. Verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Those different levels of fall is based on your faith. But the good news is, is that you're hearing it. And if it it produces 30-fold, so be it. That's the beginning, because faith elevates. Faith elevates. Amen? Okay, let's, let's, let's go back over to Philippians. I mean, anybody that was here for the financial seminar when Carlton was using uh, Luke, which is a different version of it, and it talks about at the end, God takes away. When you don't learn how to invest what he's given you, now, I'm talking about the word right now, although we were talking about finances, but that word in, in Luke is talking about your talents. Your talents. Okay. And you, you all, all know that talents and gifts are different, right? The talents is what God endowed you with naturally in order to bring increase. The gifts are spiritual. And whatever he gives us, naturally or spiritually, if you don't use it the way he intended for you to use it, he'll take it away. That's the, that was the bottom line to that message. He says, those who, who took and worked it to bring increase, he increased them according to their faith and, 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 and enlarged them. But the one who was so worried about impressing him and, don't, and I don't want to do nothing that I may mess up and, 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 and you don't like it. I have to hear your voice. So I'm just going to hide up under this table and, and keep it. But I ain't going to do anything because I don't want to make any mistakes. He took what he gave him away. You don't have nothing and that nothing I'm going to take away. And I'm not adding nothing to it. That means what God has given us. Let me tell you, it is not enough to walk around and, and think highly of yourself because of your intellect or your talents, whatever ability that you have, and you ain't doing nothing with it. It wasn't given to buff, puff you up, to make you feel important. It was given for a de, de, divine and divine purpose, even if it's a talent. It was given for a divine and divine yes. purpose. Yes. Because he's not giving stuff out for for people, he, for the person who he's given give it, it to, he's given it out because there are people in need for what you've been gifted yeah. with. Yeah. Okay, back over to Philippians 3. And so the word, the word maketh, maketh one rich in the blessings of God. 
no matter what our natural status is. The word makes us rich in the blessings of God, no matter what your natural status is. So don't look at the natural. Look at the spirit realm. Just look at the natural long, long enough to know how to pray for the increase and for the change. Amen. Paul stated, it isn't tedious for, for, for me. Actually, I'm rejoicing to have the privilege to do so and to keep the people safe, to have the word to measure and guard over their hearts, hearts and lives. You see, the person who's giving that word and you're like, well, you know, you, you said this before, and it's a privilege because every time I hear it, it's cutting me. And every time you hear it, it should be separating, dividing the soul from the heart. The soul from the heart. That's what the Bible said. The word is supposed to divide the soul from the heart because the soul is jacked up. And also to wipe out former beliefs that may be legal but not expedient. Because remember the Bible says all things are lawful because you belong to Jesus Christ, but they're not all expedient for you. Okay. And, 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 and especially for where the Lord is taking you. Do you know the journey that you're on? Do you know where you're going? Do you even know why you're on the journey? When one prayed to the Lord, asked to be led by the Lord and wait on the Lord, he will lead you in his word and what to study and to say. So when you hear, hear uh, something that's being repeated, the messages that you're hearing, it's coming from the Father in heaven. Yes, hallelujah. This is not because you can't find nothing else to, to, to talk about. It, 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 you, we will never, I don't care how many times you've gone through the Bible, you will never be able to cover everything in the word of God. Because let me tell you, you can take one verse, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want and get so many different revelations out of that based on the time in your life that you happen to be saying it. So you can never exhaust God's word to the point like, oh, well, I heard that. Let me tell you, that works for these other books. This book is alive. It's living. And it brings life. Every time you hear it. So when you sit up on your laurels talking about, I, well, I heard that message before. I heard it preached. Well, you know what? If, if you had actually uh, received it and operated according to what you heard, you wouldn't be sitting here now listening to the same thing again. Hallelujah. It's alive. Hallelujah. It's alive. It comes alive for the need at the time. Yeah. So you heard it. But it's a living word. Just keep on saying it. I say the same thing every day. What would you have me to do today, Lord? How would you have me to pray, Lord? Does that sound immature? So be it. And so since they are coming from the Lord, guess what? Father knows best. Let me tell you, the word is supposed to be a light to our feet and a light to our path. The light will always match the journey. Yes. Thank you, Lord. 
and until we arrive, the path will be directed by the necessary word or light. Until you arrive, he's still directing. And the Bible says he direct our path. Not the whole journey beforehand. That's why you don't know. See, you don't know far ahead. All you know is that you've been called and you've been gifted with such and such. But where are you going with such and such? You don't have a clue. Amen. You don't know the end result. Amen. You just know the path you got me on right now, I'm on that. And, and when I get on that path and follow him, then I become to understand a little bit more than I did when I started out on the journey. But if I don't continue following his path that he's put me on, I'll never make the journey. I'll never get to the end. The destiny that he has set for our lives. And in Psalms 91, he says he has a destiny for everyone. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The plans are for hope and a future. Stop worrying about what you're going to accomplish or who you're going to meet. That ain't the plan. That's the result of the plan. The plan is what is God have God told you to do? We worry about the little bonuses as a result of being obedient. The bonus is what kind of person you're going to end up with. What kind of car house? Oh, that, but that's not the plan. That's not the plan. The plan is to please God with your life, with your tongue, with your mind, with your heart. That's the plan. And he'll give you the rest. Now, verse 2, it says, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision of mutilation. And that's all it says in 2. But let me read you my commentary before I start putting down what God gave me. He gave three different definitions of false prophets, false teachers, okay? Dogs, evil workers, and concision, okay? And, and these were uh, Judaizers. The Judaizers were Jews who professed to be Christians. They preached that unless one is circumcised according to the custom of Moses, one cannot be saved. So what was he preaching? Works. Your salvation was predicated on your works. You know, when we went on that fast, praise the Lord is over. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. <laughs> when we went on that fast, that wasn't to impress God. We can't impress God with this wicked flesh. That was for him to impress us. That means to open us up, do surgery, and reveal to us our mess yeah. so we can release it at the altar and never pick it up again, Father. Amen. That was the whole intent. Amen? Amen? So most times you don't even know until after it's over what he's done or what you really need to put your focus on. Amen. Because sometimes, let me tell you, don't think because you went on 21-day fast that Everything that you was looking to be delivered from, what you were free of, mm -mm. some of it was to avail it to you. Amen. Amen. 
and he's doing it in increments because if he really delivered us from all the evil at one time we would die there would be nothing left we'll just pass out and die it's, it's more than what your flesh and your heart can handle at one time all that evilness <laughs> and wickedness okay now their chief weapon was persuasion same of today persuasion okay how is presented rather than persecution and they were one of the chief dangers to the early church are y'all thinking about today's religion and church some of the stuff because because every religious program i put it that way <laughs> not spiritual church but every religious program that comes on tv radio youtube and whatever is not of the lord but if your heart is not right you don't have the ability to discern because you because let me tell you the enemy is a counterfeiter so he will come with almost 99 percent of some truth but that one little bit destroys the whole basket they are figuratively called in the net times dogs to the eastern mind, this animal was the most despised, shameless, miserable creature, a scavenger roaming the streets and feeding on refuse. Filth, not particular. Whatever is there, they consume it. Ah, that's not what we're doing, right? Whatever we hear, just consume it, because it sounds good. You didn't explore it. You didn't ask God, is this you, Lord? Is this adding up to what your word said? Because see, the, Satan twists and counterfeit the word. Remember he did it with Jesus when he went up into the mountain to be tempted? He gave him the word. And, I t and, and, and it, it, let me tell you, it didn't uh, fool or deceive Jesus, but it does us. Because I've heard people read it just like they don't even see the flaw in that word that Satan repeated to him. Go on, and, 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 and you can jump off of this because he has signed his angels to catch you. It, that was completely word-based. But it had the main, the main concept in it, and so you ate it up and you received it. And like, oh, okay. He um, says, um, as Jews held Gentiles in, in disdain, often calling them dogs. The Jews called the Gentiles dogs, Okay. Paul similar, similarly regards the Judaizers as a uh, party and, and, ref, and, re, and refer to them as dogs <laughs> because the apostle refuses to call them the circumcision. He refused to call them the circumcision, although that was their status of saying whether or not you belong to the Lord. Those Judaizers, okay? Why did he refuse to do that? Because that expression uh, that applies to a genuine Christian, instead he calls them, the Judaizers, concisions. Meaning those who mutilate or cut their flesh. Those who mutilate or cut their flesh. Now when I read that, I thought about tattoos. Judaizers mutilate the flesh by imposing circumcision on their converts, believing the ritual to be necessary for salvation. But the true circumcision consists of those circumcised of heart, not of body, recognizing the ritual to have been 
abrogated by Christ. Circumcision of the body no longer has spiritual value and significance because God is not looking for that kind of a sacrifice. He's looking for a broken, contrite heart who is sorrowful. Amen. We have a lower percentage of real born again, sold out Christians today, even though we have more mega churches today than ever before. And yet the morals of this country is at the lowest point. We have categories of Christians, yet we Christians confess that there is one Lord, one Holy Spirit, and one faith. Some church attendees, notice I didn't say Christians, are completely comfortable sinning and doing worldly acts, speaking worldly language as well as watching evil and wicked programs and movies on TV, the movie theaters, or YouTube, and feel comfortable about it without seeing it to be a problem. Remember, the producers put out what the public is drawn to, not what is right. The United States, a free country, one who is favored in God's eyes, who is free to practice and worship their faith, has declined, and God isn't pleased with us. His covenant believers, who should be setting the standard and making the difference between good and evil, truth and lies. We have let modern-day Judaizers infiltrate our belief in Christianity. If you notice, Paul's common thread in his letters to the church was to be aware of false teachers and prophets and remember the doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As humans born in sin, living in a world that is influenced by the spirit of sin, darkness, and death from Satan, to whom Adam and Eve handed this world over to, we must fight against his influences and persuasions 24-7. Not to fall prey to the things of the world or to false teachers and prophets who major in speaking on things that sound good and make you feel good for a moment and never bring conviction for change, deliverance, and righteousness. You know how they say, well, uh, a real prophet won't, uh, won't make you feel bad. That's a lie from the pit of hell. A real prophet, first of all, don't come bringing you something that God hadn't already spoken to you. He's really coming or she's coming to confirm what God has been saying to you. Okay? But the job of a prophet is to deliver what thus says the Lord from this book. And, and if you're never convicted by the word, you need to check the word. Because we're supposed to be convicted sometimes by stuff we read out of here. Because we're not right. And we're not good. And we definitely don't act in, in perfection. The word is here to transform us. To bring us to that point. And if you're not getting anything that is bringing conviction to the era that you're operating in. Then you need to check it. Remember, there is an eternity. A moment of pleasure will not secure that promise of kingdom eternity. Yep. However, those feel-good moments of pleasure will certainly secure eternity in hell. For there is no middle place. So, you, you know, you don't have no middle place to go. You either go into heaven or to hell. 
we are either sold out all the way for Jesus Christ and his righteousness or for Satan and his lies, deception and fleeting good times, self-pleasing to serve God exclusively, to serve God exclusively, self must move and be decreased. For Jesus to be increased. You don't need to plead your cause. You don't have a cause. You need to reduce. So God can increase. It's always about how you feel. And what you've thought. And all of that. Get over yourself. Those are, those are some of the altars you need to be denouncing. It's about what is God saying? That's why you can't get where you need to go with God because you have elevated your feelings above the truth. And above what you need to hear that's going to help your soul to be delivered. Your soul to be delivered. See, you don't realize what's going on with your soul because it's been practicing error ever since you came into the world. And without Jesus in your heart, to let you know when error pops up, you don't realize you're operating out of order. Amen. You think it's right because I've been doing it all my days. Well, who made you Jesus? That all what you've been doing all your days is right. When do you get tired of you? It's just sometimes I feel sick and tired of me. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to hear me. Did you create yourself like God asked Job? So how are you going to make a change until we humble ourselves, surrender our ways to the Lord? He can't change us. He can't change your view. And just because you've been having this view for 50, 60, 40, 70, 80, whatever years, don't make it right. See, to circumcise your heart means to cut out evil unclean thoughts and intentions. It means to be on guard and intentional about making the reading of the word a daily priority for your thoughts to be transformed and casting down your vain imagination, filtering out things before allowing them to enter in your ears. When you have a filter system residing in you, automatically when that word comes, it's like, stop, Mm-mm. okay, let me think about this, okay, Holy Spirit, but if the word isn't in you, you don't have a filter system, you have a disposal, and everything just goes in, and then comes back out, the wrong way, that's why we need a heart transplant, we need a new blood infusion, so that God can do what's impossible for us to do. So you can't change yourself. I you know I hear people say, oh, I got it now, so I'm gonna do, you ain't gonna do nothing. You can't do it. If you could do it, then why are you doing the opposite now? If you could have done it, why are you at this age still doing it? Now what you can do, God, I see now, forgive me, I'm giving it to you, please change me, please take this out of me, please show me how 
to succumb to you so you can do the work in me and help me to stop playing these mind games and these word games to impress outwardly to other people who can't save me, who can't help me. Thank you, Father. When we're in morning glory prayer, for you all who do are on the line or come, you'll understand what I'm talking about. When God gives me a word of direction and, and, and point it out to you and things start coming out, don't come back and ask me any more detailed questions about it because I don't know. I'm only following the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit. I don't have your life in my hand. I don't have the plan, the full plan of your deliverance. I'm only flowing and moving and operating according to how the spirit is leading. Because sometimes when he tells me something like what happened on Friday, it was news to me. So the root cause, you need to go to the Lord and find out. If you something has just been exposed to you about you, the root cause, you got to go to the Lord. And the fact that it showed up is because the spirit of the living God was working at that time because we were asking him. You can ask God, take these altars from me. Deliver me, Lord, and don't expect for him to show up. And don't think he's just going to show up when it's convenient and private because your mess ain't private. Your mess, you're doing it publicly. So why you got to be behind closed doors to get free? God says, who, those who confess me among men, I will confess you to my father. So if you deliver me from some stuff, I don't want to hide it. I want the world to know I've been free by the power of the living God. And let me tell you, when you've really been free from some stuff, there is an anointing on you to set others free by that same mess. So why do you want to be private and quiet and like, oh, oh God. And, and then the other thing. Because your stuff has been brought out with your religious behind, don't be thinking like, oh, God, I just feel so bad. That was that on me. Oh, that couldn't have been. Oh, oh. That's idolatry. That's idolatry. To think that you have had arrived. So how could that be on me, Lord? I pray. I listen to you. I, I, let me tell you. We won't be free till Jesus shows up. But the point is, rejoice! God, you revealed something to me that I can get free from. Rejoice! I don't have to be like that any longer. Let's stop letting pride keep you. Because I'm telling you, when you act like that, your pride is covering that. You are no more free afterwards than you were before. I rejoice when he shows me something. It's like, now I can be free. Instead of thinking, oh my God. I was, I was like that. Oh, God. Oh, that couldn't be because, God, why would you tell me? I'm telling you now. There's a time. There's a season for all things. What I don't want is religion. I don't want religion. I don't want people operating in religion. Religion is an unclean spirit. It is not a worship of faith. Do y'all realize that? Do you realize that religion is not a faith read your Bible it'll tell you it's an unclean spirit who is the author of that unclean spirit Satan 
Christianity is of the Lord and it produces spirituality and holiness. How can religion be of, of the Lord when we got all kinds of religious cults? I didn't say all cult, religious cult, like Jehovah Witnesses. It's a whole list of them who've come up with their own ideology and doctrine that does not line up completely, just enough to deceive man, but it does not line up completely with what God is speaking. And that's why you have to be careful. And you don't entertain other religions that you don't understand. Major in your own. Major in the real deal. Because when you major in the real deal, when the counterfeits show up, you'll recognize it. Don't try to study the counterfeiter. Major in the real deal. Praise the Lord. Okay. The next step is the call to salvation and then filling of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, you know what? Because I believe that everyone present has, has made that confession. I don't know about anyone that's going to hear the podcast. But do you know that you know that you are born again? I'm not going to use the word save. Are you really born again? Because if you're born again, you've been born in the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. And if you have any doubts or reservations, because don't tell me about your encounter, that you had a spiritual encounter with God one day. Unsaved people have that. It's a wooing (laughs) to get saved. Okay. But if you have any kind of a doubt then the Lord is giving you an opportunity to really have that experience where you know you have been born again in his spirit. Amen. Because once you've been born again in his spirit, now you have the rights to the infilling of his Holy Spirit to lead and to guide you, to guard you, to comfort you, to protect you and 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 when you are afraid to receive his spirit then how could that be when he's supposed to be living in you if he's in you when you find out that you can have more you rejoice in it you reach for it you can't wait to have it you don't sit around like well i don't understand that i don't know about that and not this time right now Mm-mm. When you know you can have more than what you've already experienced, you're ready to grab it. Amen? Because it's an enhancement which will allow you to be able to hear and see what you need to out of his word and those mysteries begin to unfold in your heart to the point that you can walk in the understanding of it and not just have been a listener to it. Amen. Amen. And so even if you said the verbal confession, let's do it today with a heart confession. That you're, you're confessing it out of your heart, not out of a head knowledge or that is just traditional recitation. Amen. 
So this is your opportunity to, dear Heavenly Father, I am so grateful and thankful I can come before you this day and give you my sins. Take the sins of my mind and my actions away from me. I give myself to you. I believe that you sent Jesus Christ to save me by his blood. I receive that free gift. And I thank you, Father, for the gift of all gifts and saving me. I also thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that will equip me to live for you and die for you. In Jesus' name I pray and thank you for the gift of salvation and the gift of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, I'm going to do the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Now,